whoever I play, as long as I go number one in the draft. From the Erie Otters, Connor McDavid. From the London Knights, Mitch Marner. From the Western Hockey League's Brandon Wheat Kings, Nolan Patrick. This is Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. He checks an enormous amount of boxes. Nobody in this draft did more with less. I absolutely love him. It's not his skills that anybody's concerned about. It's that playing attitude. And quite frankly, it's really poor. Speeding towards the future of the NHL. From the U.S. Development Program, Jacob Truba. From Faryastad of the Swedish Elite League, Jonas Brodin. From the Boston U Terriers, Brady Kachuk. He could play in the NHL next year. He's one of those guys. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to episode 16 of Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. My name is Dean Millard and the director of scouting for TSN and former GM in the NHL will be on be along very shortly to join me. This is Tracking the Draft where the stars of tomorrow are discovered and we've got a lot of stars to talk about today. We're going to do a five-pack of players because Craig Button will be doing his top five list on Thursday on TSN for the 2021 draft. So uh, the five players that you see on the screen, if you're watching, good chance they'll be in the top five. If you're listening to the show and you want to check us out, on the screen, uh, just head to our YouTube channel, Podcast Alley. You can also find more information at podcastalley.ca and click on Tracking the Draft. So as mentioned, we're going to discuss the five players uh, for the 2021 draft today. We're also going to chat about the future of that draft, ages, and I'm going to throw an idea at Craig for an exceptional player status in the American Hockey League. Plus, we will take a closer look at Tim Stutzla and Alex Alex Lafreniere uh, as they play their rookie seasons in the National Hockey League. All right, uh, the Ottawa Senators for sure are going to get a chance at one of these top five players that we are talking about. Craig, of course, joins us on the UFFS hotline. The ultimate franchise fantasy sports platform is the most realistic out there. Already we have an NHL league, the UFHL, and an AHL league, the UFAHL. More sports are on the way. Everything mimics the big leagues, the leagues that you are, are, are copying almost right down to every detail. There's a few differences. These are uh, digital assets on the blockchain. There are auctions and big, big prize money. Our prize pool is approaching $50,000. So big money, high stakes, digital assets. You know what it's like? It's like having a toy. Uh, that is also an investment or getting to play with your investment because franchise evaluations are going through the roof in this league. So we do have an expansion uh, draft coming up, uh, an expansion for, uh, auction rather, and then there will be an expansion draft. So check out all the details on Twitter at UFF Sports and they can point you in the right direction to all the expansion details as well. Get in the game where you own the game at UFF Sports. All right. Let's get into it now with the main man himself, Mr. Craig Button. Here he is. 
the director of scouting for TSN, former GM of the Calgary Flames, and a Stanley Cup champion with the Dallas Stars. Plus, he's a sharp-dressed man with a heart of gold and a passion to match it. Craig Button. Well, Craig, it is uh, great to be chatting hockey with you again as uh, the NHL moves forward. And now we get closer to uh, not only uh, junior hockey, but the American Hockey League as well. Um, do we know any more about what is going on with the future of the 2021 draft? Have you heard any more rumblings about what might be happening with that? Well, I think, I, I think Dean, we've heard a lot of rumblings about it. Uh, you know, our friend Darren Drager has reported on it extensively about uh, d different things that the NHL and the member clubs could be considering for the draft. Having a regular draft, uh, you know, at the conclusion of, of, of this current NHL season, postponing it till next December, postponing it all the way into the summer of 2022 and having two drafts back to back or two drafts concurrently. So there's a lot of different ideas out there and, and, and Darren has reported on those. And I think that, you know, the managers in the league are going to have uh, a, a lot of dialogue with respect to, uh, uh, you know, the draft scenario and what it means and, and what might make the most sense for everybody concerned, players, teams, and the overall process of the draft. I don't think it's about, you know, the draft per se, about, you know, lowering the age or, excuse me, about increasing the age or anything like that. It's just about the timing of the 2021 draft and what can best serve everybody's best interest to the greatest extent possible. Now, the Canadian Hockey League has the exceptional player status rule. Do you think there would ever be something where the uh, the NHL and the CHL and, and the AHL could be involved where every NHL organization could have one player that is 19 uh, able to play in the AHL? Or do you think that's something that the CHL just needs so badly they need those 19-year-olds in the league? I I'm looking at it on a development issue as aside from maybe a, a league profile issue. Okay, so there's 32 teams, you know, we're going to include Seattle in this, right? So mm -hmm. if you're going to take 32 players, 19-year-old players that could be playing uh, in, in junior hockey, and if they're playing in the AHL, that means they're not good enough to play in the NHL. That, that, that's number one, right? Mm -hmm. So now you're taking out 32 very good players from the CHL. Is that good business for the CHL? Yeah, they're, they're not going to like it. I don't think it is. Well, I'm looking I, at I don't know development, why they, yeah. Yeah, well, well okay, so I, I don't, well, not just development. How about selling tickets and your product and everything that goes with it, okay? And, and it's not just solely about that. But development for, what about the next crop of players? That your younger players that are not going to have the opportunity to play with those top-end 19-year-old players. Like, you know, you, you don't get to play, like, let's say Braden Schneider you know, with the Brandon Wheat Kings as one of those players. Well, what about the young defensemen coming into Brandon that aren't going to have the benefit of, of being around a Braden Schneider? How does it hurt their development? So, you know, we tend, to, we tend to get looking at it from a micro point of view. What about the macro point of view? 
So, yeah, okay, I get it. Team A wants their 19-year-old player to play in the American Hockey League. But in my view, it's going to hurt development. If, if you're 19 and you're not capable of playing in the NHL, like, I think the American Hockey League for a 19-year-old is harder for uh, a young player, an 18 or 19-year-old, than the NHL. Mm-hmm. It, there's different levels of players. There's, there's players that are different stages of their career. And you're still 18 and 19 without the physical, emotional, mental maturity. The like You haven't matured fully to, at that extent. So why are you going to put them in that environment? NHL teams, I can guarantee you, like I'd be shocked if every NHL team didn't take one 19-year-old and put them in the American Hockey League. Right. I don't think that's development. You've heard me use this analogy before. You know what? You can take somebody, you take Craig Button. I want to learn how to swim. Well, you can put me in the middle of Slave Lake, okay, and say, Craig, go in there and, uh, okay, drop me in. And if I make it to shore, I do, do I get my swimming badge because I, I, I survived being able to, to go from the middle of Slave Lake to shore? Or, or did I just survive? There's a huge difference between developing your swimming stroke and developing swimming skills as opposed to surviving a situation. And development isn't about surviving. Development is about working with young players to help them be the best they can be, and it trickles all the way down. I am adamantly opposed to it. I don't think there should be any exceptional status. I'd like to see the draft age raised to 19 because I think that that would have a significant impact across the developmental landscape all the way down to Bantam. As long as you're not dog paddling in the Great Slave Lake, uh, I would have confidence in you getting to the shore. But I do get. I your might point. have to dog paddle though. <laughs> yeah. Like that—that that might be survival, right? But dog right, paddling right. isn't preparing you to be an Olympic swimmer. <laughs> right, right. Uh, very good. Okay, let's get to before we get into some of our players, and uh, um, we're going to talk about five players for the 2021 draft. Uh, you're going to have some rankings coming out Thursday. Some of the players uh, that we're going to talk about. Uh, Probably will be in your rankings, might be in your rankings, I should say. Um, but the two guys I wanted to ask you about in the NHL right now, Alexis Lafreniere and Tim Stutzla. Tim uh, Stutzla of Ottawa, they're going to have a shot at one of those five players. But how do you see these two guys and their development so far? Um, obviously, we're not uh, looking at the end of the pitch, the, the end line right now, but just what you've seen from these two guys in the NHL. Well, you know, I, I think Tim Stutzla has had a big advantage on Alexi Lafreniere because he's played. Number one, he's played pro hockey in Germany. That's number one. You know, that's really significant, Dean, okay, with respect to having, having had that experience of playing pro hockey. Tim Stutzla also played uh, before he came into the NHL. The last game that uh, Alexi Lafreniere played before he played his first NHL game was last March in Ramuski. He, he didn't have the benefit of an exhibition game. He doesn't have the benefit of experience playing against uh, pro players and mature pro players. And so I think it's been a massive learning experience for Alexi Lafreniere and also on a team that's kind of had fits and spurts with the, with the beginning of their season. I, I, you know, I, watching the Rangers games, I've seen Alexi find ways to, to, to get scoring chances, to be involved in the mix, but he's not sure of himself right now. But, but how could he be sure of himself? He, he hasn't had the reps. He hasn't had the games to get sure of himself. He's going to. I'm, I don't have any doubt about that. 
But Tim Stutzler's had that. He's had it playing in the German League last year, the German League at the beginning of this year for a stretch, and then the World Junior Tournament where he was a key guy. So that's the big advantage Tim Stutzler has, and he's and, and, and I think that's why you see such a distinction between their games at this point in the NHL regular season. All right, let's move to the 2021 draft, whenever that might be. And as we mentioned, we've got five players that we're going to discuss today. You're doing a top five on Thursday. Some of these players might be uh, on that list. And let's start with uh, Dylan Gunther, uh, a left winger with the Edmonton Oil Kings, a team in my backyard. I'm looking right forward winger, to Right winger, right winger. Oh, he's a right winger. Right okay, winger. The, the sheet I looked at was incorrect. So plays the right side with the Oil Kings. Had a point-per-game pace, over a point-per-game pace in his full rookie season. What allowed him to do that as a rookie? That's an incredible feat, Craig. Well, I'm filing uh, some type of a grievance because I see the list of five players that you said could be on my top five list that I'm going to do Thursday on the TSM broadcast, and they're all going to be on the top five. <laughs> now, you probably want to know what order they're going to be. Well, you'll have to wait till Thursday, Dean, but I, I got my grievance is – I'm I'm worried that somehow uh, my files have been compromised and you've jumped right into it. Ah, you wouldn't do that. I know you wouldn't. You're sharp. You're on top of it. I'm going to bet Trish, yep. who, who who follows the young players and the and the present pro players, she she might have given you a little bit of intel. Hey, ask him about these five players. Yeah, yeah. and you know what, Craig? I know you, know, I, you know what Trish's nickname is? Her nickname around among our friends is Nancy Drew because she's a bit of an online sleuth. So there might be some truth to that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't give away any of your secrets, but uh, I'm on to you. I'm telling okay. you, I'm on to you. <laughs> okay. But like, okay, let's start with Dylan. You know, Dylan was the was the rookie of the year last year in the Western Hockey League, and deservedly so. Uh, you know, he, he's a tremendously talented player. He, he's a player that has such a I call him silky smooth because he, he's got this ability to make the game look easy. You know, the way he skates, the way he thinks, the way he handles the puck, the way he shoots it. You know, one of the things that, you know, good players, doesn't matter where they are on the ice, they're comfortable wherever they are. Because not only can they, can they make plays from different spots on the ice, they understand where they are and, and, and what play needs to unfold. That speaks to hockey sense. That speaks to, you know, really that, that, that understanding of the game. And, and Dylan has all those qualities. He's, he, he, he can shoot the puck. He can pass the puck. He, he, he's competitive on the boards. He's competitive in body on battle, body on body battles. He takes the puck to the net. He plays inside the dots. He, he's just such a, like he really is a complete player. He can kill penalties. He can play a goal up, a goal down. And you know when when I take a player, and, and I mean Dylan plays on the right wing, and you know, and and wingers like my preference is centers and defensemen over wingers. And if a wing, if I'm going to rate a winger ahead, he's got to be clearly ahead in a tie. I kind of go to the center and defenseman at the upper echelon of, of, of prospect rankings. But Dylan is is too good. He's too good. He's he he's and he's a player again. Played some games in the Alberta Junior Hockey League, but he hasn't really played against meaningful competition since last March when the when the season ended in the Western Hockey League. But based on what I've seen uh, from Dylan, th- th- this is a top notch, highly skilled player that uh, I think has uh, all kinds of promises in NHLer. 
Yeah, and uh, looking forward to uh, being able to watch these guys play. The the CHL has a new partner with their video program, so if you can't yeah. make it to the games where there's not going to be any fans, you can watch these guys <laughs> online. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, another guy that we should talk about, uh, and he's a, a defenseman in uh, Frolunda, a left defenseman, is uh, Simon Edvinson. And it's, it's impossible not to notice the size with this guy. He's played some games <laughs> in the SHL, some games in the J. 20 but six feet five inches how does he use that to his advantage i mean just the reach alone in in uh defending i'd imagine would be a, a, incredible with him it, it, it is and, and and certainly it's something that he uses very very well but he skates like victor Hedman. that's mm-hmm. that, you know that's the foundation of his game so think about Victor, the way he plays. And, you know, a, a, a player, very similar stature, stature to Simon. But, you know, so if you think you have a beat, he's got that reach to be able to, to stop you. And, and, and Simon, it, it, you know, he's raw. He, he, he's raw right now, which, which you expect from 17, 18-year-old defensemen. But Simon skates so freely. And, and, and that skating ability allows him to jump up into the play. It allows him to play really good defensively. And like any young defenseman, you're going to make some mistakes. It also allows him to recover. And, you know, when, when, when you watch him play, and, and, and I also, it's always interesting to me, you know, I love Philip Broberg. I think Philip Broberg's going to be a, a really good NHL player. And, you know, it's funny that when you, you evaluate players and I hear commentary about Simon Evans and, and, and different commentary about, well, he's like Philip Broberg. And if you like Philip Broberg, you like Simon Evanson. But if you didn't like Broberg, you won't like Simon Evanson. Oh, okay. Well, I never didn't like Philip Broberg. Yeah. So I have no problem liking Simon Evanson if you're comparing him to Philip Broberg. Like, I think the kid is like, I really do. I think he's a terrific player. Now we talked about Dylan Gunther being that great all-around forward. Do you say the same? See the same all-around game with Edmondson, or does he lean more to the defensive side or the offensive side? What do you see in the all-around game? I think he's a really good two-way defenseman. Like I don't think he's going to be weighted uh, just to offense. I don't think he's just going to be a defensive defenseman. I think he's going to be a really good two-way defenseman, a a defenseman that you can have play 25-plus minutes a night that's going to eat up those minutes. Is he going to be Eric Carlson? No, I don't think so. But but, but he's he's also uh, going to be a real significant player like offensively because he knows how to jump into the attack. He makes plays. He's good in transition. And to me, you, you know, you find players that can play that much and, 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 and significant minutes against real challenging opponents and do it that well, th- th- those are top pair defensemen. And I, I, that's what I see in Simon Edmondson. Awesome. Well, Craig each week joins us on the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports Hotline. It is the most realistic fantasy sports platform out there. The Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League, which uh, Duckman's Domination is a part of, and high-level scouting, of which Craig is a part of, uh, mimics pretty much everything about the NHL, except these are on the blockchain. They're digital assets that you own, and the franchise evaluations are going through the roof. We now have the UFAHL along with the UFHL. And in this league, 
You own the game, so get in the game. Hit us up on Twitter at UFF Sports. And the one the one difference with uh, our league and the NHL is obviously I'm not paying the millions of dollars in salaries. But while we do have a salary cap, I don't have a fan base to that's going to get really angry if I tank. So we're going to have some pain this year, Craig, and we might have a little bit of pain next year. But the one benefit it's going to give us is star players with low cap hits, the amount of draft picks and guys that we think will be able to step in right away. That's something that NHL GMs have to worry about, along with us, is getting the most value for your cap hit. And young players bring a lot of that value if they can play in the league. Well, if they can play. And one of the things is we see younger players being more capable and more ready to be able to play in the league at, at, at this age, at a younger age. So you have to recognize that they're better prepared. They understand the nutrition. They're they're playing against really good competition at younger ages. They have better guidance than they once did. So you, you, it's a very important area to evaluate with respect to younger players. You, you know, Dean and, and, you know, Kelly McCrimmon is a good friend of, of yours and somebody I know exceptionally well and a good friend as well of mine. And you think about how Vegas came into the league and, and, and what they did, uh, you know, in, well, in their first three years and they continue to show that they're going to be a good team. But, you know, it's going to be interesting for Seattle. Like, you know, what do they want to be? Do they want to be a team that's good right off the bat? Will the same opportunities exist? for Seattle that existed for Vegas. What have teams learned from the expansion process with Vegas that, that, that Seattle's not going to be able to take advantage of? So I know that a lot of people look at scouting and go, well, look at what Vegas did. This is what Seattle did. It's a very different time. It's going to be very different in how you approach it because there's been lots of learning that's gone on in a lot of different ways. And, you know, so when you start to look at, you know, young players, cap, where you want to be today, where you think you can be tomorrow and balancing those all out, that, as you point out, Dean, that's a GM's job. That's an organization's job. And there's not one right way to do it. There's many multiple ways to do it. If there was one right way to do it, you know what? Every NHL team would look the same. It yeah. would be like the row houses you see get built in communities. It's all the same blueprint. Everybody just goes in there. They just knock, uh, build, put put up the frame, you know, uh, get the outside built, the inside built, and then you decide what kind of furniture you want to have. But it's all the same look. The NHL isn't like that. Yeah, they're on, they're not all robots, and in the in our league, the Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League, we also have an expansion franchise. Uh, the bidding is going on right now. Last I heard, it was just over fifteen hundred dollars. So head to UFF Sports on Twitter and uh, find out. And I think it's UFHL Expansion is their Twitter account. But just the same thing, you know, the, the Vegas Golden Knights had great success early, but they've got some cap situation that they have to deal with right now. So it, it all depends on the different approach, and I love that everybody would be the same cookie cutter team and and, and yeah. the nhl to some degree is a copycat league when you see a big hung a heavy team win the cup everybody seems to load up that way but they all have a different way of going about loading up that way and that's the, that's the difference and 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 that's the same thing with uh you know the expansion draft is that you know you've got to plan around to be able to have enough uh, available players so you don't lose those really good players Oh, ab- absolutely. And, and and it's not just you also have to be able to as you're coming up to decisions based uh, on, on salary commitments within your salary cap. If you don't have players readily available to come in at a cheaper price, 
Well, now what do you do, right? Like, mm -hmm. so you might not even be able to afford all the players at the upper end, but if you don't have replacements, you're going to be affected significantly in your performance, and there's no other way to put it. Well, we are definitely going to have a very high draft pick whenever the 2021 draft comes around. Uh, we're going to be in the top five, and that means we're going to get a shot at some of the five players we're talking about. And, and you know, I'm really excited about Owen Power, a defenseman that's playing at uh, Michigan in the Big Ten. And, you know, when we talk about those guys that are on lower contracts that might be able to step in a, a little bit earlier than others and have an impact, I don't know if you feel that that's, a, that's uh, the, the Owen Power that I see or if you see the same thing. But, you know, what's your thoughts on him, um, you know, possibly being able to take that step uh, at some point uh, earlier than others to play in the NHL? I, I think for, for Owen, I see him along the same lines developmentally as Quinn Hughes and Cal McCarr. Mm. Uh, you know, both drafted, as they both had birthdays uh, after September 15th, which gave them an extra year. But, but they both played, Kale and Quinn both played two years in college hockey before coming to, to pro. They, they were not, I mean, Kale's fourth overall, Quinn is seventh overall. There was no question about their abilities and their talents. But they came into the league ready to, to, to contribute. They were prepared for the rigors and the challenges of the National Hockey League. And I think that Owen Power would benefit from two years at the University of Michigan as well before coming to the NHL. When you're a top pick, you're going to play in the NHL. You're going to get opportunities. There's no mm -hmm. question about it. But it's not about opportunities. It's about what's going to set you up for long-term success. And because I, I, I've used the, the Brock Besser, Tyson Jost example between two, uh, two players that were, were drafted in the first round, that both went to University of North Dakota. Brock stayed for an extra year. Tyson didn't. Brock is a, is, is a really good NHL player. Tyson's still trying to find his way. He didn't help himself by leaving school a year early. I, I just don't know why, why they want to do it. It goes back to our conversation about the American Hockey League. Right. Just, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, if your name is Paul Correa, and you're that good, or you're Jack Eichel after one year in college and you dominated, I get it. But if you haven't dominated at your level, you're going to go try to come to the NHL? All I say to you is, good luck. Good luck to you, because I don't have very many examples of players being able to do it. Well, what have you seen so far uh, from the freshman at Michigan in, in his uh, debut season? What I see in Owen Power is just a brilliant, brilliant thinker. Doesn't matter what 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 the situation, the game is. Doesn't matter what he's called upon to do. His processing abilities are, are exceptional. He he thinks the game at such an elite level. He's one, two, three steps ahead. And and again, we talk about physical maturity. We talk about everything that goes with, you know. He's a big he's a big young kid that's going to get physically stronger and he's going to become more comfortable with his whole body and, and I'm going to give you an example Aaron Judge I don't know if you know this was a 31st round draft pick out of high school by the Oakland Athletics he, he didn't sign obviously the Athletics saw something in him that said oh geez this is a guy worth taking a chance on he went to college for three years he was a three-sport athlete too basketball football and baseball chose baseball he became an excellent baseball player in college, 
after three years, and, and he was the 32nd overall pick in the first round. And Aaron Judge needed a little bit of time, and now Aaron Judge is one of the best power hitters in, in all of baseball. I would suggest that Owen Power is along the same lines. Like, get there ready. Get there better prepared. Don't You don't have to get there because when you're a top pick, you're going to be there. It's not about being there. It's about getting there prepared and being the best you can be. That's what I see in Owen. I, I just see a player that, that is so gifted in so many different areas and is going to be rock-solid pillar on your blue line for 15 seasons. Well, Luke Hughes is also on this list, and we, we've talked oh, yeah. about him a little bit. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that I'm sure make comparisons, and we have in the past, about him to his brothers. He already has two brothers in the NHL. So instead of comparing them to them, maybe who's another guy that you see that maybe reminds you uh, when you watch Luke, uh, Luke Hughes? I am so happy you asked me that question because, you know, like I've watched the Hughes boys grow up and, uh, you know, uh, Jack is different than Quinn and Luke is different than both of them. They're, they're, they're different players. But I'm going to give you the answer and somebody I've really thought about and watching Luke, uh, you know, develop over the years and specifically watching him this year. He reminds me a lot of Morgan Riley. Mm. Excellent skater competitive defensively he, he, he i don't think he's going to put up the same type of offense that quinn Hugh, that quinn his older brother the defenseman in vancouver does but like morgan riley they're going to play 25 minutes they're going to be competitive in every single area of the game they're going to play on the power play they're going to create offense in different ways but that's the player that luke hughes reminds me more and more of is morgan riley taking the initiative competitive initiative you know being invested in all the hard areas of the game and that's how luke plays the game and it's different than quinn and it's different than jack and you know uh and and you know if you look at the stall brothers you know eric was different than jordan who was different or eric was different than mark who was different than jordan mm -hmm. so you know Two centermen, a defenseman, you know, Eric's a thousand point guy in the National Hockey League. Jordan is more of a two-way checking center that gives you some offense. And Mark was a really good defensive, a really good defensive defenseman. Three different types of players. Just because you're from the same family doesn't mean you're going to play the same way. And I think Luke is uh, a different player than, than Quinn, the defenseman, and certainly than Jack, the uh, electrifying centerman. Well, and now I figured out why you want Owen Power to stay at school and maybe Luke Hughes to stay maybe four years at school because they're all Michigan, Craig. I'm, <laughs> I'm on to your little things, and we're talking about another Wolverine in Maddie Beneers uh, with the Big Ten. And, and, and this is a guy that you told me about at the World Juniors, and I, I liked him at the World Juniors, and he seems to be carrying that momentum into his first oh. season. Uh, why do you think he's been able to have such a smooth transition? Well, uh, I, I would say three reasons. Number one, uh, like he's he, he's got a, a a terrific level of, of talent, and 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 not just one dimensional talent. Like he 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 can play with the puck, he can play without the puck, he can shoot the puck, he can make plays. He he's competitive physically, so it doesn't matter what type of game that Maddie Beniers finds himself in. He, he's able to find a way to 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 get himself entrenched and to be successful in those different types of games. That is what I call a well-rounded player. Number two, he, he's got an exceptional level of, of sense and feel for the game. So no matter who you play or where you put him in a situation, 
He understands what the demands are of playing with a certain type of player or playing in a certain situation, and he, he can deliver. I mean, he's he's so good in that regard. Uh, and and w- when you can adapt and be versatile uh, in, in your play, you're going to be very successful. But if you're not, if you're not, if you don't have a, a high level of intelligence playing the game, you're going to have a tough time being versatile. And then number three, he's a big time competitor. He 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 he's invested in every single hard area of the game. He doesn't take shortcuts anywhere. He doesn't reach in. He's invested invested and you know a lot of players get involved and and that's important there's a difference between involved and invested <laughs> Matty Beneers gets invested in, in in the hard competitive areas of the game and you know he, he he just continues to play and you can't push him out of a game and he finds ways to be productive and you know that type of uh that type of a centerman highly coveted well NHL. it's it's amazing. The you know the first player we talked about and the last player we talk about uh, just sound like absolute coach's dream. And Dylan Gunther and and Matty Beniers is every time. Not that the other three three aren't, but every time you throw them out the ice, you know exactly what you're getting. Yeah, well that's it, right? And and don't coaches want that? Like like you know, no one. Hey, I don't have to guess. I know why is Patrice Bergeron an elite elite player? Because mm-hmm. every time, whether it was Claude Julien or whether it's Bruce Cassidy now. You know exactly what Patricia is going to do. And if he doesn't do it, you kind of sit there and go, I didn't see that. No, that didn't happen because it happens so rarely that if you do see it, it it's like it's like an eclipse of the sun. <laughs> it, it's a rare occurrence. Yeah, indeed. All right, so you are going to have uh, your top five list for the 2021 Draft Thursday on TSN. And as these leagues start to get going, Craig, I imagine it's going to be so much easier for you guys to be able to start doing some evaluations as who knows when the draft is going to be. You guys obviously as scouts, you know, have to really, really start cramming like it's, uh, you know, uh, provincial exam week or something like that in the back half of this season. Well, you do, and, and, and I think the key thing for me when looking at it, and I think for scouts, is, is that, you, you know what, you always have to be prepared. And, 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 and every time you're watching a player, it's more information. And, you know, a good friend of mine, Matt Cade, always said data points. They're, they're data points. So you take in the data at different times, and, and, and you apply that to, you know, the assessment of the player. But, but one, of the, one of the big reasons I haven't felt comfortable uh, doing a list is because so a lot of players haven't played. They haven't had a, an equal opportunity to play. And even though you might see games played, how, like where are they playing? Who are they playing with? What is the environment like? And, you know, like Dylan Gunther, for an example, like he's a top flight player. And if you're going to evaluate him on what he did in the AJHL back in the fall, it's just not fair. And, and, and so... I talk about Dylan. I've seen Dylan play a lot. I've seen a lot of the players play a lot. But but I want to be able to go forward and and be able to watch players and see how much they've progressed. I don't want to just talk about what I thought they were six months ago or eight months ago or a year ago. I want to be able to try to give them the benefit of the doubt. Not the benefit of the doubt. I want to give them the benefits of having played so that you can give a more accurate picture of what their potential is. And that's scouting to me that becomes really important. So, yes, them playing is going to give uh, everybody an opportunity to do exactly that. Awesome stuff. Thank you so much, as always, Craig. Best of luck with the top five. I'll be eagerly watching, and we'll chat next week. 
I will tell you this. If you want to know the top five, just ask Nancy Drew. <laughs> I definitely will. Thanks, Craig. <laughs> Thanks. This is a serious message. Craig Button joins us on the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports Hotline. Become a scout and make money while providing prospects to the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League. What'd you talk about, mister? Pay that man his money. I'm your huckleberry. Check out the details at www.uffsports.com. It's serious. I like it a lot. I said we got a winner. UFFS, you own the game. As mentioned, there is an expansion franchise in the Ultimate uh, Fantasy Hockey League. Uh, the Twitter handle to go to is at ExpansionUFHL. Last I checked, the bid was just over $1,500, but you get in the game of the most fa- the, the fastest growing uh, fantasy platform out there. Uh, and then you get to draft. Uh, you will not like uh, the players. From this team. My, my team is not very good right now, but we were going to be very, very good in a few short years. And, and that's a great thing. Um, you know, as Craig and I talked about, it's not all everybody doing the same thing. Some teams are trying to win right now. Others are building for the future, just like in the National Hockey League. So UFHL, get in the game where you own the game and the ultimate franchise fantasy sports platform. All right, that is going to wrap things up for us on this episode. In the next little while, we will do something uh, that we like to call Craig's Council. And that's where the director of scouting for TSN will take your questions, uh, give out some scouting tips, and tell some stories. Uh, We'll do that uh, at some point during the season, and then that's how we wrap up uh, every season of Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. Thank you so much to the Director of Scouting at TSN for his passion, his knowledge, and his time. Thank you for spending your time with us today. We'll have another episode next week of Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. You can find past episodes at trackingthedraft.ca under podcastalley.ca and if you'd like to be a part of the show, send me an email at trackingthedraft at gmail.com Hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please subscribe, leave us a review, let us know what you think of the show. If you're watching on YouTube, just click that little uh, subscribe and the bell and you'll get an email, an update, whenever we put out an episode. Thanks for watching. This has been Tracking the Draft with Craig Button, where the stars of tomorrow are discovered. <laughs>